0: All righty, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Today is our 45th episode coming to you guys after a very, very hectic week one of NFL action. Very glad that football is back. So, we'll be starting mm-hmm. it out uh, with our segment that we usually do every week called Sunday MVP. Uh, we'll basically be giving out uh, oh, an accolade called the Sunday MVP to the player that we feel performed the best, obviously, on Sunday. Pretty self explanatory. Without further ado, who do you guys have as your Sunday MVP? All
1: right, so my Sunday MVP, I've listened to this podcast before. You know, I normally kind of go with a a guy that, you know, not everybody thinks of, but, you know, still does very good. And for me, my Sunday MVP is unfortunately going to be Mr. Tyree Kill of the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) So Tyree Kill had 11 catches for 197 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he, that one long touchdown where Mahomes just chucked it deep to him and he came back to the ball. That was basically the momentum change that the chiefs needed in that game against the Browns. You know, my boy Baker put up a great fight. We're going to discuss that later. And Harry kill single-handedly beat me in fantasy football this week. So, I mean, I just got to give him some credit, you know, even though off the field, you know, the guy's a bit questionable, but, uh, <laughs> on the field, I mean, did great this Sunday. 11 for 197 and touchdowns, so I got, I got Tyreek Hill taking over that game, which was probably the biggest game of the week so far.
0: Yeah, so, so. for my Sunday MVP, it's someone that I haven't given a whole lot of credit to. Uh, I call him Walmart <laughs> Russell Wilson. Um, I don't like the way he runs. He's kind of annoying, but he's a good <laughs> quarterback, and I have to give my Sunday MVP to Kyler Murray. He had an absolutely monstrous game, five total touchdowns, four through the air, and one rushing touchdown. It's 66% completion and 289 yards. He did have that one interception, but he absolutely balled out against the Tennessee Titans, who were claiming to have a a much better defense than last year, which just doesn't look the case. Tyler absolutely torched them. Kyler absolutely torched them. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins looked unguardable, and and Kyler just kept forcing (laughs) it to him and just kind of exploiting the weak matchups that they had. Um, There's this one kind of highlight play that really stood out to me, which is why I picked him as my Sunday Mm. MVP, is he hit this, he ran from one end of the field to the other, and then he ran all the way back to the other side, and he hit this step back on one of the Titans' D linemen, and that guy just fell to the ground right in front of him, and he delivered an absolute dot right to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, am I really high on the Cardinals as a team? No. Uh, was I super high on Kyler Murray? No. But he just looked absolutely <laughs> untouchable, and I had to give him my Sunday MVP.
2: So, for me, as much as I hate to say it, I'm also going to go with Kyler Murray. (laughs) You guys know me. I've called this guy overrated, the most overrated player in the league, and he kind of shut me up on Sunday. Um, As you were saying, Drew, you already said the stats, five total touchdowns, 289 passing yards. And uh, the one play that really impressed me the most, well, there's actually two plays. Mm -hmm. One of them was like a back foot throw to Christian Kirk where he kind of did like a jump pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was that showed tremendous accuracy and arm strength. And then he had a great rollout touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins where he bought time mm-hmm. uh, and the play took like 10 seconds. I mean, he, he just looked elite. And mm-hmm. you know, the third year is usually when that like highly picked quarterback takes a huge step. Some recent example was Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. I think from what I saw on Sunday, I have good reason to believe Kyler will fall in their footsteps. Um, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong and Kyler looks Aww. great. And I mean, I know it was against the Titans defense, which clearly is not the best, but I think he clearly outplayed Ryan Tannehill, who I believed was better than him coming into the season, Uh, but it wasn't even close. And overall, I was just very impressed with this performance.
1: You know, this makes me very happy. I mean, it takes a lot (laughs) for uh, me to get my quarterback messages across to you guys, and Tyler's game is is, is doing the talking for me, I guess. But we're going to be moving on to – one of the craziest games quite possibly in NFL history. Jad, I believe said he had 50 heart attacks watching this game. It was the Raiders versus the Ravens game. The Raiders ended up winning. Jad, Raiders fan here. Take us, take us through this game, man.
2: This this was something, man. I mean, as you said, I had there was an emotional roller coaster. Like Gruden <laughs> to quote Gruden after the game, he said he felt like he died, then woke up again, <laughs> then died. It was like he had nine lives like a cat. And so, I mean, first of all, just to let you viewers know, I had to miss the first half of this game due to my coach making us condition for 30 minutes. After practice. <laughs> it was it was pretty ridiculous. But I mean, from what I saw in the second half in OT, this is definitely an early game of the year candidate. I really liked what I saw from our team as a whole uh, unit. The Raiders, they stuck in there when things got tough. I don't think Usually the Raiders always fold when they make a mistake. I mean, I'm sure when everyone saw that interception uh, at the goal line in overtime, everyone was like classic Raiders. I mean, I thought that. The whole world thought that. But they hung in there. The defense, while they still looked pretty iffy, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen them make a clutch play like that. And Carl Nassib, I mean, my my heart goes out to him. He comes up clutch, strip sack. You know, he just represents what this fan base, what this organization is about. I, I really love that um, play. And to get into individual performances, I'm going to go to the Ravens side a little bit. Lamar Jackson, he didn't really play up to his standards. I think he missed a few easy throws, and he was still lethal on the ground, but those two costly fumbles were kind of uncharacteristic. He's usually great at holding to the ball. Uh, this Ravens team, I think, you know, they'll definitely still contend, but they were so banged up in this game. You can't really blame them for losing this game. And I think it's going to get tough for them uh, in future weeks. You know without their, they lost their three starting running backs. They lost one of their starting corners. That defense, it did not look that good. Um, for the Raiders, their offense struggled. Carr struggled in the first half, but he showed up when it mattered most. Waller is still a beast. That O line looked kind of shaky, but I don't think it looked too bad. Not definitely not as bad as uh, many people were saying it was going to be. And overall, I think this was probably a top three Raider game. That I've ever seen. I mean, it might it might make top of the list. I still got to give
1: it a little more time. I mean, yeah this this game was this game was amazing. I mean, I saw I'm not I don't think Jad saw this in the first half, but the Raiders basically had the ball in the 18 yard line uh, on the Ravens 18 yard line. Some classic Raiders mistakes happen. You know, back to back flags, miscommunicated snap going over Derek Hart's head. They had to end up punting. I thought that was gonna signify how the game was gonna go for the rest of the time. But like Jad said, the Raiders uh kind of turned things around. And I, I, I'm gonna give some credit to Derek Carr. You know, this is a guy that, you know, I kind of, I kind of don't really think is all of that just because you know Jad likes him. But uh, I mean, he did, he did good when he needed to. I mean, that big throw to Henry Ruggs, that was probably Henry mm. Ruggs' like seventh career catch. Uh, that was that was really big on that Masters third down, going deep. But there's some things that you know I wouldn't get too excited about here if I'm a Raiders fan. Mm. Derek Derek Carr throws the ball to Darren Waller 19 times and he only comes down with it 10 times. That's 40% of the target here going to Darren Waller. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just not going to be sustainable offense going going forward. Kenyon Drake got a lot more touches than uh than I would be hoping for if I were to be a, a well, Josh Jacobs believer.
2: Jacobs uh, did go into the game with
1: an illness, but
2: uh, hmm. I see what you're and saying. Then, uh,
1: we got Henry Ruggs, you know, running sideline to sideline every play before the ball <laughs> is snapped. And then he ends up getting two touches before the game. Like, give the man a jet sweep or something. He runs a 4-3, 40-yard dash. And then, and then I was really impressed with the Raiders' edge rushers as well. You know, Max Crosby <laughs> and Carl Nassib really got after it. You know, they were they were making Lamar step up in the pocket, have to take off. You know, I don't think Lamar really had a comfortable pocket all that often. And mm-hmm. then we had he had those two fumbles, pretty uncharacteristic of him. And uh, basically, I'm just gonna give the Raiders some credit. I didn't think they were gonna win. I don't think anybody really thought the Raiders were gonna win. And uh, that's that's pretty much all I'm gonna say, man.
0: Yeah, um, this was a crazy game, no doubt. Uh, I was watching this on my computer and my TV um, at different times. Uh, I, I think that the Raiders, I'm glad that they won. If they had lost after that tipped interception in the, in, in the end zone, I, I think Jad would have been on suicide watch. Um, so I'm glad that Jad got to have at least somewhat of a happy day. Um, but I'm going to kind of call attention to both offensive lines. I thought the Raider Ravens' offensive line looked absolutely abysmal. Lamar had barely any time to throw the ball, and he got pressured a lot. And <coughs> what I will say, uh, I completely agree with Jad. I don't think Lamar was up to his usual standard. I've said that I'm not as high on Lamar this season as I have been, or I, as people have been in past seasons. I just feel like he's he's too dependent on his running ability and he he looks to run more than he does actually look to pass. He did have some pretty clean passes, but uh, there were just some throws like Jed said, he missed a lot of easy throws Um, just, yeah, just wasn't, wasn't his best performance, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to uh, the offensive line struggles. I think that losing Orlando Brown was a huge loss for them on the offensive line. And really they're, they're looking, they're looking pretty soft there. And then on the Raiders side, I'd call, like to call attention to one player in particular on the offensive line, their newest rookie acquisition, Alex <laughs> Leatherwood. Everyone was saying how the Raiders wasted their pick on this guy, uh, myself included. And I, I have to say that I think I'm somewhat right. This guy, he looked so bad. He looked like completely unprepared. He looked It was like everything was going in super speed around him and he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, the worst mistake that he made um, – was that egregious five-yard penalty? That yes. false start. That literally, <laughs> no one moved at all, and this guy just decides to have like an epileptic <laughs> fit on the over the um, neutral zone, and then they move back five yards. Derek Carr throws the interception. I'm like, yeah, the, the if they the Raiders lose, it's all on this guy. But yeah, and the the Raiders also offensive of line. Uh, I I hear that they suffered some like pretty bad injuries on that front, um, which is not yeah. not uh not good news at all. Uh, I thought Josh Jacobs, he got two touchdowns, but he looked like injury hampered like the entire game. I don't know what he was doing. (laughs) Just like limping to the sideline and scoring a touchdown like, come on. Um, But yeah, overall great game. Brian Edwards looked amazing. Derek Carr. I have to give him a lot of credit. Uh, Like Dylan, I've been really doubting him. I thought that he was kind of kind of limiting the Raiders from being like a lot better than they actually are. I thought he was just kind of a run in the mill quarterback, but he actually played really good. That last drive to set up that Carlson field goal was absolutely Mm -hmm. masterful. Uh, Mm -hmm. Great clock management by Derek Carr and the entire Raiders uh, offense. Brian Edwards coming in very clutch for them, as as well as Hunter Renfro. Uh, But, yeah, great win for the Raiders. Uh, I'm glad that they pulled it off for Jad's sake. And um, the Ravens Mm kind of need to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, so that's
1: going to bring us to our next game. Cleveland Browns versus Kansas City Chiefs. Browns had a chance to win the game on a final drive. And then uh, Baker had a statistical interception. I'll get into that a bit later. But uh the Chiefs ended up winning 33 to 29. Jad Drew break us break down this game for me, man. So uh,
2: I think this was probably the best game on Sunday mm-hmm. as this divisional round matchup lived up to its expectations. I think Baker and Mahomes were neck and neck throughout the entire game for the most part. And it always seems like the Chiefs just find the luckiest ways to win. I mean, the, the Browns punter muffing that snap, it's, just, it's, it's what separates winning teams from losing teams. I mean, the Browns historically have been a losing team. It just always mm-hmm. seems like those teams find ways to lose while the others find ways to win. But mm. uh, I was honestly impressed with both teams uh, on the offensive side for the most part, and I could easily see both these teams going deep in the playoffs uh kind of sucks that the Browns had to play the Chiefs week one it's kind of demoralizing to see your team lose week one but I think they'll bounce back for sure um Tyreek Hill player of the game easily I mean he was Dylan's Sunday MVP Mahomes sometimes you know you see that meme where he says you know F it uh Tyreek <laughs> out there somewhere and I mean that's it's just true if you see that throw it wasn't even that great of a throw he just it was he just it. chucked it up mm-hmm. there but um anyways I was impressed Baker. He he played a, well, a pretty good game. That last interception, I mean, it, it wasn't really his fault. It was it was kind of like a, just you know he tried to throw it away pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I think it was it was a it was a good game and the Chiefs just found a way to win.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh... I I agree. I agree. I think Baker played good enough to win this game. You know, uh, on that last play. He was trying to throw the ball away. Clearly, he got kind of got like clipped mm-hmm. in the legs as he was trying to throw the ball away. Personally, that's got to be roughing the passer or something <laughs> illegal, illegal contact. And uh, you know, everybody was saying Chiefs didn't have Tyron Matthew. First of all, that guy's overrated. Second of all, <clears throat> uh, the Browns didn't have OBJ, who is their number one receiver. Mm-hmm. And then this Browns running game, you know, it was beastly. Both backs averaged uh, 5.5 yards per carry. Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Chubb just had walk walking paths to the end zone pretty much all game. <laughs> and then the Chiefs, you know, like Chad said, like nobody ever really thinks that they're out of the game. You know, they started out down like uh, 8-0 at first, and then the momentum just kept getting more and more with the Browns. But everybody kind of knew that the Chiefs were going to eventually kind of find a way to make it close. But one thing I want to notice, and one thing I think is going to remain constant for the Chiefs, I think they're going to they're gonna try to be much more of a balanced offense this year. You saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mm-hmm. Got 14 carries. You know, he only got 43 yards, but that shows me that they're trying to establish a more running, run a uh, better run game. Because I think come playoff time last year, we saw how they ended up going out in the Super Bowl. I think they realized they need to have somewhat of a running threat to kind of open up the rest of that offense. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a realization that a lot of teams end up having once they like have that big playoff loss and they come back the next year. So I think that's going to be something we're going to see more and more of. But, I mean, the Browns, it just it just sucks for them. I think overall the team played good enough to win. The punter muffed the snap. Personally, I think he still could have got the punt off, but he wanted to try and be a superhero or something. I don't know. <laughs> and Nick Chubb got the fumble. Not something you see too much. I feel like everybody fumbled this Sunday. There's like 10 fumbles across the whole league.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Maybe, maybe that's just me. But, I mean, this was a great game to watch. And I'm, I'm just disappointed my boy Baker couldn't pull it out.
0: Yeah, uh, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head here. Uh, The Browns just kind of had too many late games mistakes with the Chubb fumble, the the punt fail, and then the Baker interception at the end. Uh, I mean, I think this is a good win for the Chiefs. The Chiefs kind of uh, asserted themselves as, hey, we're still the number one team to beat in the AFC. Um, Obviously, Tyreek Hill had a great game. Don't want to give him too many props because of what he does off the field, but (laughs) <laughs> um, Patrick Mahomes, uh patching Mahomes, he played really good uh travis kelsey obviously i mean what what else can you say about him um but the browns i really wouldn't be too discouraged um i think that the it was less of the browns losing this game uh and more of the chiefs winning if that makes sense i, I think that it was very it was very close all the way through mm-hmm. uh and i think the browns definitely have some things that they should definitely be proud of i think the defense held up for the most part um I think that the offensive line looked phenomenal. They're the number one offensive line going into the season for a reason. They really showed it. And Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt absolutely feasted on the ground. Again, Kareem Hunt, don't want to give him too many props. You know why. Uh, Jarvis Landry had a good game. Didn't start him in fantasy. Kind of regret it, but it is what it is. Um, But, yeah, I think the Browns definitely have uh, a solid future ahead of them. I I think that they're definitely a playoff team this year. And the Chiefs just kind of showed everyone why they went to the Super Bowl the last two years.
1: Yeah, so that's going to bring us to our next uh, game. We're going to review probably the one I was most excited for oh for this podcast, and that's going to be the Packers game, if you want to call it the Packers game. I thought it was more of the Saints game, yeah. but uh, Drew, Jad, you know, you guys are more of a Aaron Rodgers, you know, media protector.
0: Oh my god. So goodness. go
1: on, go on ahead and protect this guy. Then, uh, then I'll <laughs> then I'll
0: do my thing. Then I'll do my. Let thing. me start out here, um, and I think this might surprise you a little bit, Don. Hmm. Um, uh, just for you guys who it, maybe you didn't catch the game, obviously if you, if you didn't catch the game, you didn't miss out on much. Uh, it was three to 38. I'll start off on the same side. Cause I want to start off positive. Uh, Lasek <laughs> Jameis looks freaking phenomenal. Uh, as, someone who, as someone who has contact lenses, I'm sure Jed, you can relate even if it's like <laughs> minus like one in like one of your eyes, your depth perception is just so terrible. Um, so the fact that he was playing in the NFL uh, and still scoring like 30 <laughs> touchdowns, I mean, yeah, 30 interceptions, but still, um, I, I think that that eye surgery definitely did wonders, just for him. five touchdowns. That was absolutely crazy. Um, and the, the Saints were not a team that I was high on coming into the season. I thought that losing Drew Brees would have been a big blow for them, and I just didn't see how they would be able to succeed without him. And then Michael Thomas, obviously, out for a lot of the year. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of proved me wrong in this week one matchup. They absolutely shut down the Packers. Um, their offense looked great against a top 10 defense in the league as of last year um, against the green Bay Packers. Um, I think that the saints definitely have something to be proud of. And they're a team that I thought maybe might narrowly miss the playoffs this year, but I think I might be more high on them actually making it this year, but let's move over to the Packers. And I think Dylan, you'll be pleasantly surprised uh, to hear me say Aaron Rodgers needs to take all the responsibility for the shortcomings on offense. Mm. Uh, it's, Quite frankly, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. You guys know that. You guys saw my top top uh, athletes list. You know, Aaron Rodgers was the second highest NFL player on there. I absolutely love the guy. I think he's super talented. He's a lot of fun to watch. But he played abysmally. That's the worst performance I've ever seen Aaron, from Aaron Rodgers. It, it it looked so bad. And I think that the Packers, their offensive scheme with all the play actions and stuff like that, it when it works, it works well. We, we know that. They have an 80%... They had the highest percentage uh, touchdown rate in the NFL last season in the red zone. Uh, their, their offense was in, in, insane. Aaron Rodgers, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. He won the MVP. But coming off of an MVP season, and obviously there, there's, there's a lot of discord um, between the Packers front offense and Aaron Rodgers. Um, but kind of what I want to kind of draw a parallel here to my favorite NFL player, which is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson re- had mm. some rumors this offseason of him having some kind of issues with the Seahawks. But the difference between how the Seahawks and Russell Wilson handled the situation and how Aaron Rodgers and the Packers handled the situation were night and day. With Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, they kind of came to an agreement. They restructured his contract a little bit. And uh, Russell went back to work. According to his uh, agent, he said that uh, Russell had the best offseason he's ever had. He was trying to recruit people for the team 24-7. He was super enthusiastic. He was really trying hard. And it showed in week one. We're going to talk about that game. Uh, in a few minutes, but it really showed in his performance. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, he got mad at the organization. (laughs) I completely understand why. If you're a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers of his caliber, that's shown everyone that he's a top five, the top 10 quarterback of all time, and he's still not being involved in front office decisions. I think that's absolutely laughable. You have guys like like Russell Wilson who are involved in front office decisions. Now you have guys like obviously Tom Brady. Uh, You have uh, even Derek Carr. Uh, if those guys are involved in the front office, there's no reason that Aaron Rodgers should not be to at least some extent. And I think that that's what this whole issue came about from, but I'm definitely not justifying him sitting out training camp. I always, it's a red flag for me whenever a player sits out training camp or holds out or something like that. I absolutely hate it. I understand maybe you want to get played more. Maybe you want to see a change and you don't want to play to make that happen. But what happens is we've never seen a holdout go in a positive direction. We have Le'Veon Bell, who is the best running back in the league. He gets cut a couple of years later. He plays awfully. He doesn't even play uh, that season. We have Antonio Brown, one of the most publicly noted meltdowns of an NFL superstar that we've ever seen. Um, we've had uh, t- uh, so many, so many other play- players that have, that have held out Melvin Gordon, for example, that's who I was looking for. He had, a, he had, he got cut from his team. Now was the RB two, arguably on the Denver Broncos when he was projected to be a top five running back in the league. I mean, holdouts never end well for a team or the player it's so Aaron Rodgers coming off of an MVP season if he's not there and he's not putting in the work he's harming his team he's harming himself he's not sure he's teaching the front office a lesson but him as a player if he wants to make this his last season in Green Bay if he really wants to go the distance you can't be taking practice off like that you can't be missing those OTAs it's it's very detrimental towards the team. Do I think this loss was entirely on him? No. I thought the Packers defense played terrible. Kevin King, I feel really <laughs> bad for the guy, but he gets burned on every single play. After that Bucks game, I think all of his confidence is gone. And just the defense in general. I mean, they allowed five touchdowns to LASIK, Jameis Winston. So, uh, I mean, is the loss entirely on Aaron Rodgers? No. But were the offensive struggles because of Aaron Rodgers' level of play? Absolutely. He didn't play well. That's that's the fact of the matter, and he needs to take full responsibility for that. He needs to get better, and he needs to play better in week two. If I'm a Packers fan, as I sort of am, they're one of my one of my more like teams in the NFL. Uh, again, it's one week, which I completely understand. You're coming, you're playing a team that um, was in this was in the playoffs last year, so it is one week. Don't like we can kind of compartmentalize it, but we need to learn from this, and we need to come back from it. We can't just we, we can't just say like, oh, it's one week. We, we don't need to matter about it. Things happen in that game that should not be happening for the rest of the season. I was very high on the Packers coming into the season. That loss really kind of shook me a little bit. I still think they can recover. I really do like Matt LaFleur, but that offense and that defense and just the entire unit as a whole needs a lot of work.
2: Well, uh, so that was, I'm going to keep it a little short and sweet uh, compared <laughs> to that. I mean, Drew went on a little bit of a rant there. But uh, so this game just made me question everything I thought I knew about the Packers and the Saints. I mean, if you were going to tell me Aaron Rodgers was going to throw multiple interceptions while Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston throws five touchdowns, I would have called you crazy. And said you probably switched their names with the stats. (laughs) I mean, Rodgers, Rodgers, the one that's supposed to put up numbers and respectfully, he played his worst career game. He has never looked that bad. I mean, sometimes I, I would look over he just chucked it up and didn't look yep. like he cared about the result of the play. I mean, he walks off, he's like, whatever. I mean, it just, it didn't look like classic Aaron Rodgers. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is how green Bay season is going to go for them. I think it was more of a fluke than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to give credit to the saints as well. I mean, Jameis, I think he looked better in that one game than Drew Brees did towards the end of last season. I mean, mm-hmm. um, he, he, he looked confident. He looked like he could swing it a little bit, He did have less than 200 yards, but I don't think they really needed him to start chucking the ball up. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Saints defense looked good as well. I mean, they only allowed three points. And give them credit. It was the reigning MVP they were facing. They're still facing Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. Um, And to only allow three points there, that's impressive. And like you, Drew, I had them as a team that would barely miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But from what I saw there, I think they're definitely likely to contend.
1: Yeah, so, you know, Saints did amazing, you know, J- famous Jameis, you know, LASIK eye surgery, all of that. That's, that's, that's amazing <laughs> for him. I'm so happy. But this game was about Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, a lot of you guys, some of you guys might be in environmental science. And oh but what I like to call Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers is the parasitic relationship. And this <laughs> is in which one organism is negatively impacting the other while the other one gets no benefit. And this is what's currently happening right now. You see this amazing Packers front office providing what? Aaron Rodgers with a top 10 running back, the number one receiver in the league, a top five offensive line, and a top 10 ranked defense. And then what do the Green Bay Packers front office get in return from Aaron Rodgers? They get cryptic social media posts. They get blast blasting press conferences where he never takes blame. And now they're starting to get poor performances on the football field. So if I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers office, I see a nice quarterback out in Denver who's currently not getting any minutes. I'm trading Aaron Rodgers for Drew Locke right now. Oh (laughs) my
0: goodness. Maybe
1: looking into Jordan Love, bringing a Uh... Jordan Love Drew Locke QB competition. And the Packers have everything Aaron Rodgers needs and he still complains. And this is not contributing to a championship culture. It's not. I'm sorry. You're not seeing Tom Brady doing this. You're not seeing Patrick Mahomes doing this. If they're missing OTAs, Something's up with that. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers, everyone was saying, is he going to go play Jeopardy as as a joke? I mean, nobody was really serious about this. This guy's mentally retired. He's not physically retired. He's still out there throwing interceptions. He's mentally retired. And I'm just going to take a quote from this post-game statement. <clears throat> Matt LaFleur said the team plays awful. Basically, that's all he just said. It was excruciating to watch. And mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, when asked to reply to Matt LaFleur's post-game statement, he says, quote, I'll let him use those words, and I'll use it's just one game. This guy doesn't care about football anymore. You know, he thinks, oh, bigger picture, uh, you know, we're gonna still going to have a great season. You're not going to have a great season if you're just going to keep doing this. Aaron Rodgers didn't look happy once the entire game. And, you know, one time, you know, on the Pat McAfee show, he said that one interception was because he got hit in the nuts twice. You know, I kind of believe that, to be honest. I'll give Aaron Rodgers the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. as an adjusted interception. And now personally, too, something I got a lot of slack for, Last year, when I posted my QB rankings, I had Kyler Murray over Aaron Rodgers. I'm keeping that ranking. Kyler Murray is officially better than Aaron Rodgers. My my goodness. 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 So, personally, I'm looking to flip Rodgers right now. I'm looking to make him have a minimal impact on the organization. He doesn't want to be there, so I'm not letting him be there. And that's all I got to say for the Green Bay Packers.
0: Let's move on. uh, Before this this podcast episode runs a little bit long and gets a little bit contentious, but – listeners, you are open to your own opinion. But moving on to one of Dylan's favorite players in comparison. Mm. Yes. uh, We're going to be covering now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. We'll start with you, Dylan. What did you think about the Bucs win? So
1: I kind of – everybody was expecting this defense to be, you know, top five right away. You know, front seven were very, very good. But that secondary, it's still just not good. I'm sorry. Everybody was saying the secondary was going to, you know, do a lot better. I'll give credit. The Cowboys do have a very elite receiving core, but I mean, Amari Cooper was getting open at will. CeeDee Lamb was getting open at will. I mean, Zeke, Zeke's just a whole nother issue. I'll get into that later, but the Bucs were much more pass heavy than I thought they wanted to be. They tried to kind of get Fournette going, but they needed to keep responding with points and the Bucs don't score points by running the ball. They throw the, they score points by slinging the rock with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was pretty surprised at how much Gronkowski played, to be honest. I thought Cameron Brait uh, was going to get a lot more snaps than he did. And I think uh, Antonio Brown kind of popped off there. Mike Evans had a pretty poor game, but, you know, he's known to kind of be inconsistent a little bit. And last year in the playoffs, I thought we learned that Leonard Fournette was our best back. And what do I see? I see him splitting time with Giovanni Bernard, who I could see. I like him <laughs> as a third down back, but I see him splitting carries with Ronald Jones. This guy just fumbles like once every like four games. and he just gets benched for the rest of the game. Just don't let him play. Let <laughs> Leonard Fournette take over. Let Fournette be the RB1. And then that touchdown we gave up to CeeDee Lamb, that's a fake screen wheel. That's a Madden play. Every player in the NFL knows that play. He's just standing there for three seconds. He's not going to stand there forever. He's going to try to get open. They just runs right by him for a touchdown. That's embarrassing. But, I mean, I was pretty happy with uh, our offense. I thought we looked pretty dynamic when Tom was locked in. All the receivers were locked in. You know, everybody's saying, oh, Tom Brady threw two interceptions. One is a chuck up before halftime. That doesn't count. The other one, Fournette dropped it, popped it up on a halfback screen. That doesn't count. Adjusted interceptions, Tom Brady has zero interceptions. That's one of my favorite statistics I've made up. So <laughs> that's my thing with that one. I think the Cowboys <laughs> looked a lot better than I thought. I, I thought, um, you know, Dak was going to have to sling the rock to keep up with the Bucks. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it that well coming off an injury no preseason but he was so I think the I think the Cowboys will be pretty dangerous especially considering I had the football team winning the division I don't know if that's going to happen anymore with Fitzpatrick out so I think the the Cowboys could be kind of dangerous like Jad was discussing but I I think there's nothing to worry about if you're a Bucs fan you know they still got the win Tom Brady was a goat Uh, that's not a PI the defender was falling before uh, Godwin had his arm out there it's a 50-50 call, but I'm not calling it. I don't think anybody else is calling it. And then another thing, too, I want Scotty Miller getting more touches on offense. I want him getting more snaps. This guy brings a lot of energy to the field with his speed. Uh, he, he just needs to be out there more. That's that's what I've got to say for this game. Tom Brady, you know, still on track to be that MVP contender like me and Jad were discussing in our last episode.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, Tampa, I, I completely agree with everything that you said, Dylan. Um, I've I Honestly, I... Uh, like you said, the Cowboys kind of surprised me. I, I thought that this would kind of be a route, uh, like an absolute stomping for the Bucks, Um, but it wasn't. Like you said, I think the secondary needs some work. Um, uh, I think they, they, they got some nice rookies there, but they definitely need some, some stronger cornerbacks and safety help. But, yeah, that pass rush is still elite. Uh, Dak looked really good, which was good. Um, coming off of that brutal injury from last year, he looked very good uh the entire receiving core looked amazing and everyone who's saying that cd lamb is the, the wr1 he's got to earn himself that wr1 spot uh, i still have Amari Cooper as the wr1 in dallas so oh, yeah. uh, i've been saying that people have been trying to say that no cd is the number one I, i'm not buying into that yet i think cd is amazing but he's a wr2 right now um but in regards to zeke elliott uh i i'm worried if i if i'm a cowboys fan i'm very worried yeah i didn't even get into that i'm worried with him he, he uh he was he had, i think he got out carried by tony pollard um which is very very surprising considering that this guy is considered if you, if you think like a year ago two years ago this guy is being considered like a top five to top three nfl running back in the league Absolutely. um but he's just like everyone's been saying he's just been regressing every year that he's been in the league and he looked lost out there they just didn't include him in the offense he wasn't getting anything going on the ground and then just because it was such a shootout they didn't want to really rely on the run game too much especially against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have a really good run defense um but in regards to the Bucs I thought they looked really good um on offense uh I thought that yeah Mike Evans didn't have a great game but I had Chris Godwin so that kind of helped me out a little bit uh Tom looked great dude uh I remember coming down to watch this game and there was like a minute 40 left uh, my dad was like uh I don't know it's kind of kind of worrying and then we just saw Tom Brady give that look on the sideline we were like okay it's over it's <laughs> over um but yeah like Dylan said he did throw two picks one was the Hail Mary I guess we can kind of excuse that and um, then the other one was just like it wasn't his fault it was just like Leonard Fournette being an idiot um but yeah uh, really good game for the Bucks obviously they're the Super Bowl favorites and they're favorited to repeat and uh, it's looking like they might so uh I'm going to just say that this was a
2: great game to start the season with. Uh, It was a shootout. It was, it was. Uh, Had many people watching to the very end. Uh, I was really impressed from what I saw in Dak's return as the Cowboys offense looked as juicy as it did at the start of last season. (laughs) And as you guys know, the Cowboys are my breakout team. But let's be real. I don't think anyone was confident that the Cowboys would win after they hit that field goal. I mean, the whole world knows what Tom Brady is capable of in (laughs) two-minute drills. And the GOAT does it once again. And, I can only imagine the frustration of being a Cowboys fan at that moment. Uh, Half the fans are saying that Chris Godwin, that, that back shoulder was OPI, but I agree with the no call. I think it would have been a soft call and the defender Mm -hmm. did look like he was falling anyways, Mm -hmm. but um, Tom Brady, again, showing no signs of slowing down Uh, when he says he wants to play for many more years at this point you just got to accept that he's going to continue to dominate. Like I I've been hoping these past few years that he's going to start regressing. (laughs) I just, I just don't see it happening anymore. I mean, you guys know I have MVP hope for him. And I think uh, this game he played pretty well, uh, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, Mm -hmm. two picks that weren't really his fault, as you guys are saying. Um, You know, there is some concern for that bucks secondary Dylan continuously tells me their secondary is the weakest point and uh, they looked like it, but, in all fairness, they were playing an elite offense with Cooper, CD, a lot of weapons there. So I think they'll be fine for the most part. But overall, it was a great game, and it was really fun to see Dak and Brady uh, duke it out.
1: Yeah. So this is going to bring us to uh, Drew's game. It's probably Seahawks, Colts, Carson Wentz versus Man Russell Wilson. Drew Seahawks pulled this one out in pretty pretty convincing style. Nothing too blowout, but you know, certainly wasn't a, a nail biting game. So so talk to me about this one.
0: Yeah, as a Seahawks fan, uh, it's glad to not have another like one possession win game and uh, actually have a game where we, we were in control and like didn't have to do like a last second comeback or anything. But honestly, I loved what I saw. The, the Colts are a great defensive team. They're top five in terms of defense and they, have a top, they are the number two ranked offensive line heading into the season. They were missing Quentin Nelson, which is obviously a like huge part of their offensive line. But still, we managed to get three sacks, which I thought was very good for our defense, showing that our pass rush is getting a little bit better. Secondary questions, but it doesn't look as bad. Um, I think that, but the main thing that I really loved was the offense. Uh, I think Russ looks a lot more calm. He looks a lot more confident. He's not forcing it like he was last year when we had the whole let Russ cook thing on offense. Um, we're establishing the running game with Chris Carson, which is very good. Who's having a very good game up until he fumbled. I already told you guys that I think he, he's going to have a breakout season this year. Um, I, he looked great. I think that Shane Waldron was definitely the guy for the job. Uh, I again, I'm all of, I'm always cautiously optimistic about us every year because there's that's just that big hole on defense and there's also a huge hole in the offensive line. But the offensive line kind of up held up for most of the game. Uh, we won in pretty convincing fashion against a solid team that made the playoffs last year. Uh, honestly, uh, as a Seahawks fan, I'm happy about uh, uh, about this week one. I mean, we did have a good week one last year, and I was excited, but this is against an actual team with merit, not the Falcons. No offense, Falcons fan. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I think that our chances for winning the hardest division in football are actually quite high.
2: Mm. Uh, So uh, I want to start out by saying congratulations to both of you guys as uh, all three of our teams won week one. Um, But so to get onto the game, I feel like people kind of forgot about the Seahawks a little bit this offseason because of the firepower in that NFC West division. But they came out, they played a very good game against the Colts. The defense definitely looked improved from last year. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson doing Russell Wilson things with his deep balls to Tyra Lockett. Those are those are beautiful um, I hope it's not another year where, where Wilson starts out strong and then they start to struggle and then they make the playoffs and then they struggle in the playoffs. Hopefully they can, you know, flip the switch a little bit. Uh, I mean, they need to keep this up. I mean, last year I predicted Wilson to be the MVP and he looked like he was proving me right for about five weeks. And then he just started stalling and his stock was going downhill and it was another year where he didn't receive an MVP vote, but uh, hopefully the thing, the tides turn this year. And as for the Colts, I don't think there's that much to be excited about after this one. I mean, Mm -hmm. the offense struggled to get going. That defense, which is supposed to be the strong part of their team, it kind of got picked apart a little bit. Carson Wentz played, you know, all right. He was pretty average in his debut. I think he definitely looked – he's going to be better than he was in Philly, but uh, this was a game where they were expected to lose, and, you know, they were kind of able to keep it close, but ultimately they just folded. Uh, As Dylan said, you know, they won um, – the Seahawks didn't blow them out, but they won pretty easily. Uh, I think the Seahawks look good overall, but they need to keep this up. And I think the Colts just played like everyone expected them to. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So my big thing, everybody knows, I say this is a quarterback's league. We got Russell Wilson versus Carson Wentz. Russell Wilson's gonna win that football game, and he did. But my big thing is uh, Russell Wilson. I think I'm gonna start calling him regular season Russ. That's my (laughs) thing now. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just wondering if this is just a regular season Russ. Maybe you know, like a six week Russ. I need to see some performance in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, we can't answer those questions now. I think the Seahawks are looking good. I like, I like them establishing that run game, kind of like a little bit of that idea that I was talking about with the Chiefs earlier. Getting Chris Carson going, three sacks for the Chief, or excuse me, for the Seahawks. That's pretty solid. You know, the Colts are a very elite offensive line, mm-hmm. and then uh, I just like what they have on offense. I mean, everybody does. They got DK Metcalf, Kyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson. The defense, I mean, are the Colts an explosive, explosive offense? No, but, I mean, they still put up a solid amount of points, so I think that could be a question mark going into the into the season later on. But, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic. You know, you, you thought the Seahawks were going to win, and they did. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really anything. you like, oh, we're going to lose the game at this point. So I'm pretty much mm-hmm. pretty much uh, neutral with what the Seahawks did. They did what they had to do this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now moving on to everyone's favorite segment, It's my favorite segment, it's your favorite segment. It's a love slash hate. What do you guys have for this week? So uh,
2: for me, as you guys know, one of my favorite fast food places is Chipotle. Mm -hmm. And uh, lately I've been getting the burrito mainly. And usually I only get sour cream half the time, but I, I just realized I love Chipotle sour cream. I mean, on a random Saturday last week, I was I started craving it. I go to Chipotle, I ask them for extra, extra sour cream, and I love oh, every man. second of it. Ooh. I feel like I've been missing out. I mean, I've only been getting it like half the times, but mm. now it's probably my favorite condiment there, and it's, it's just what makes Chipotle so special. It's 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 kind of reviving it for me. It's like I had it for the first time. All
1: right. I'm unfortunately going to have to have a hate this week. I think this mm. is my first hate in about four or five episodes Ooh. But Niners fans, beware. My hate this week is going to be Kyle Shanahan. So mm, as a as a Brandon Iyuk fantasy owner, <laughs> let me let me just preface this. I lost by about 25 points to Vibu. I just got absolutely destroyed by DeAndre Hopkins and Tyree Kill this week. And uh, Saquon did absolutely nothing for me. But I started Brandon Iyuk at my WR2 spot. You know, I think he could have a bit of a breakout year this year. Not only does he get zero yards, <laughs> he gets zero targets. And he plays about 23 snaps. Now – He was questionable headed into this game, but he got cleared. No questionable tag on the ESPN Fantasy app for three days before the game. He had a little hamstring injury. And this guy's just out here not playing football like Kyle Shanahan said that he was going to be doing. I think this has to be some type of fine Roger Goodell needs to look into. (laughs) He's basically not designated an injury when this guy was clearly injured. Shanahan even said it in the post uh, this Monday after practice. He said, you know the Shanahan? Why or why are you putting uh, Ayuk in the doghouse, quote unquote? And then he's like, he's not in the doghouse. We just felt like, uh, you know, his hamstring couldn't give him the amount of snaps that we wanted to, and mm-hmm. we feel that uh, the other dude, I forgot his name, is a serviceable backup, serviceable backup WR three. So we figured him and Ayuk could split for this game. Now, you know, I'm fine with that. Just tell me, just tell me that Ayuk is not <laughs> going to be playing this game. Give him a questionable tag. Give him a doubtful tag. Maybe I, maybe I could have a chance if Saquon and uh, Lamar do good, but I did literally had zero points for my WR2 spot, and that's because of you, Mr. Kyle Shanahan.
0: Yeah, so uh, after a very football-centric uh, episode, uh, my love for today is actually going to be the U.S. Open. Uh, so <laughs> as you guys know, I'm a huge tennis fan, tennis player myself. You know, Novak Djokovic, my number one favorite athlete of all time uh had an amazing run at Wimbledon but this year the tournament was just so much fun the w- one seed on the women's side lost uh in the, one of the earlier rounds so we had two unseeded players playing for the championship that's absolutely crazy that's like uh it's like two undrafted free agents uh playing in the Super Bowl against one another it, it's like it's it's absolutely insane and then obviously the men's final was crazy uh, Novak Djokovic the world number 1 versus Daniel Medvedev the world number 2 Medvedev getting a very dominant W against Djokovic. Um, as a Djokovic fan, I was kind of sad, but I mean, Medvedev is like my second favorite player anyway. So uh, I absolutely love the guy. Um, and I thought the, the win was well-deserved. He played really, really well. Um, but yeah, it's just been real a lot of fun following this tournament. Uh, I hated the fans though at uh, the, the men's <laughs> final because they were being annoying and like booing when he was trying to serve, which is like uncalled for and really unprofessional. Um, but yeah, it was such a fun bracket, especially on the women's side where we had like, a lot of one seeds dropping like flies and you had a final between an 18 year old and a 19 year old, which is crazy. Um, And then obviously on the men's side, the world, number one and two, what more can you ask for in a final? It it was, it was just really, really fun. Um, Glad to have watched it. Some of the best tennis I've ever gotten to see. Um, And yeah, I'm really hyped for next year. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So that'll wrap up the episode. We're going to try to get as much NFL
1: content out, you know, this season, everybody's extremely excited for it. Mm-hmm. and uh that, that's gonna conclude the episode and we'll see you guys next time
2: see ya. see ya.